I want to thank my sponsor, Viva. Viva, thank you so much for making this show possible. Viva is here to change the game. They have electronic regulatory documents for sites for free with no commitment, no contract. I just signed up my site, Yuma Clinical Trials. No contract needed, nothing signed. They they just approve your email address and that's it. You're up and running with an electronic regulatory system, which is a great way if you haven't gotten into electronic anything yet. You need to consider it. It's it's free. Over 450 sponsors are using Viva for their backend stuff. Electronic signatures here, electronic uh, delegation of authorities log, all for free. Viva is going to keep giving sites free stuff because they're very site-centric. They they know that if they help empower the sites, even more sponsors are going to use their paid products on their end. They are the sponsors after all, so they pay for things. And they understand that making sites take control of their electronic systems is a huge first step. It's a huge commitment for sites, even for something that's free. And they're here to make it easy, and they're playing the long game. And anyways, go check it out underneath the video or the show notes below. Viva Site Vault. Thank you, Viva. Hey, Guru Nation. Thank you so much for checking us out. It's My name is Dan Svera. I got Dr. Daniel Fox on. This is the episode you've all been waiting for. Because Dr. Fox is somebody... Such an interesting dude. He's been managing big sites. All right. We, the first podcast we did, he talked a little bit about that. But he decided to go out on his own, Land of Lincoln Research, CRPN Network. Those two things simultaneously, even though they're, there's a lot of synergistic elements between the two, and we'll get into it. But we're going to find out. What makes an employee become an entrepreneur? And I know you're a psychology fan, Dr. Fox. Uh, Maybe we start with that. Did you ever see yourself running your own site, like owning your own site? Always a possibility. Whenever you're looking at this, whenever you're in the field and whenever you hear the stories about people wanting to go out and run their own sites, there's always this dream, you know, seems like it's a, a vision. And I, I thought that it was possible. Uh, I didn't think that it would be possible at this rate, but things just tend to happen. Yeah. What was it that sealed the deal for you? Like, <clears throat> I mean, you don't have to get into specifics if I understand if you don't want to, but no. you, you must have had seeds planted at some point. And then over time, you started thinking, okay, how, how do I actually make this? Do I want to make this happen? And then when you say yes, then how do I make it happen? I'm assuming, right? Yes. It it kind of builded into itself. Uh, as I was an administrator at a large clinic, of course, in the Midwest, I had access to all of the doctors. I saw all of the patients come through. And it was frustrating sometimes because although we're in a very successful clinic and these doctors are literally some of the best in the country. We have doctors right here in Illinois who they're like only five doctors in the nation who do a certain procedure. 
So the talent is there, the patients are there, and the trials just aren't landing. That was part of it. It's literally, I see a community of patients here who really need the help. They have the talent. We have everything we need except for a dedicated research infrastructure in the community. Most of the places around here are just kind of like a hobby or a side job to the local clinic or the hospital. And since they are not priority to the hospital, they're focused more on care, research doesn't really get the attention that it needs to be as good as it can be. That was part of it. Your, your question on what just made you snap, like, okay, this is time to do. Um, my, my family knows that I'm in research and we're, most of my family is in rural Midwest. So Missouri, Illinois, Iowa, kind of a location. And since they know I'm in research, they always call. I get about three to six calls a year. Hey, Daniel, I have this friend. They got this bad diagnosis. Um, you help them out. That's pretty much how the conversation goes. I have a conversation with them. I talk to them and, you know, turns out they have this diagnosis that cannot be treated in their area. And as a result, I help them get on clinicaltrials.gov. We try to find the trials that they need. And those trials just so happen to be five hours away from the closest point of care, from the closest mm. site. So here's your options in rural America. You can either go to your doctor and not receive treatment. And the doctor literally just looks at you and says, I'm sorry, there's nothing we can do. You can take a five-hour trip to some place for a clinical trial, or you can suffer and die. Mm. So for the for the past three years, these people they don't have the money; they can't get off time off work to take that kind of a commute to travel. There were clinical trials out there, and uh, three phone calls and six months later, they're all dead. Wow, so that that is what triggered it. Is it was literally. I am tired of seeing in my community people suffering and dying when I know for a fact in this industry that there's things we can do to help them. It's just, it's not convenient. The, there are way too many barriers for these people to access the care that they need. So that's when I thought, you know what? I've got CRPN. I've, I'm part of nonprofits for autism. I have all these other things, but this is a major unmet community need and my neighbors are hurting. And so as a result, I resigned from my position at Springfield at a clinic. Mm -hmm. um, and I started my own IRO right here in central Illinois, land of Lincoln clinical research. For those of you who know uh, Springfield, Illinois, Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln. We have the National Museum. Lincoln is buried here in his tomb. Land of Lincoln is is the the logo of this area, and it only makes sense that we can create a regional IRO that can bring in the best possible research into rural America where people really need it. I've heard other people say, rural America, the Midwest, those flyover states, it's a barren wasteland for research. There And I've witnessed it time and time again. These people don't have the help they need. The doctors are specialists, but they don't want to be part of research. All of mm -hmm. these different things come together to where it, it's just really uh, a poor population in the research community. So because of that, I mean, didn't that ever um, disincentivize you to pursue this as a business because 
it was going to be harder to get doctors. I mean, I know in a place like Yuma, you know, when it comes to certain specialists, there's only a few options. And if they say no, there is no business unless I can convince someone else to move here. So I'm trying to get a lay of the land, I guess, for what your community looks like as far as care options. Forget about research, just care options in general for various specialties. As far as care options go, it's huge. I mean, I, I worked at the second largest multi-specialty clinic. We had one of two specialized retinal surgeons in the entire state. The op, I mean, we had the very first hand transplant performed right here in Illinois, right across from the street. Uh, wow. Orthopedics. And I mean, the talent is there. The thing about Springfield is it draws in St. Louis, Chicago, and Indianapolis talent all into centralized hub. So the talent, the skill, and the patient population are there. It's just a matter of making that convenient for those specialists to be part of research. I see. And are you looking to leverage technology of any sort to make this happen? Or are you still doing it the traditional way? Hey, doctor, here's our site, you know, come out here. Or are you partnered with the doctors in their offices? A little bit of everything. So you've got the, the good old traditional brick and mortar. Land of Lincoln Clinical Research offers all of the innovative e-techs. That's one of the whole points of running it is we can actually reinvest in the infrastructure for the best possible research. It's not just a hobby. Yes, very much so um, leveraging the technology, becoming partners with the solution providers in the in the community. There are solution providers right now as we speak that are building up to the point where, and I, I've said this for a while, but when you integrate research into that of healthcare, you break down the barriers, you give the specialists an opportunity to access research, not participate. I mean, they will participate, but when you make it easy for them and you integrate it into their practice to where they really don't notice a difference other than to take care of their patient, they're going to be more likely to enroll their patients there is technology building up behind that and around it and CRPN and land of Lincoln are both very integrated in that technology. And so this was, was it, this must've been like a scary decision for you. And it's still, you're still on the early stages of land of Lincoln. Um, what, what are you doing to mitigate your risks? You know, one of the first things they teach you, in business schools, hey, know what your risks are, as at least as close to, to as accurate as you can about what your risks are. Know how to mitigate them beforehand. What what have you done to mitigate your risks as far as starting this site and getting those first few studies like up and running? The very first thing that I did was actually based off of your advice. I don't remember if you you remember telling me that, but you know expected to take a lot longer financially we uh, mitigated it by making sure that we had at least a year of reserves to live off of at least mm. so we're we're living off of reserves and we're being very conservative we're doing that um, making good friends and partners uh, not necessarily the financial partners the financial partners will come that will happen but in you know finding those people who are willing to help you finding those people who know that you're doing this for the right reason, they're more likely to want to work with you. Uh, 
I, one way of mitigating risks, I guess, is just to be genuine, making sure that this is exactly something that you want to do that even if it fails, you're going to look back and say, you know, I'm really glad I did that. Mm. That's, that's on a, on a mental health mitigation, just to make sure that you're prepared for success or failure. Mm-hmm. Um, making sure that you have all of your accountability and your legal documents in place uh, very first thing that any person who ever wants to build a site should do is they should write their SOP manual, have a, have a controlled document system. You have to, that SOP manual is what you are going to be demonstrating to the industry that you're not just like a one person band, you're a legitimate site, you've got your stuff together mm-hmm. uh, and it's not, not easy to do. How difficult was it to get your first PI to agree to work with you? Uh, we're still in that process. Still in the process. So you've still identified, you've identified yeah. what? How many? Like, I've got, I've got five PIs across all specialties in in discussions. Wow. And we're talking derm, allergy, vascular surgery, infectious disease. I've got them all in discussions. Um, wow. Good for you. I R well, I R O's. Springfield is a weird place in healthcare. And research in general, because as I said, everyone has kind of like their own little hobby healthcare place, but there's no comprehensive one there. Nobody knows what an IRO is around here. And it takes some time to change that culture. Most of the time, you're probably going to be able to work with the private sectors first. The universities, uh, they have their click and they're not in as much of a hurry to (laughs) have innovation. And then once the private people come in, then the hospitals will catch wind of it and think about it. And then finally, the the academia, they might eventually come around, but I'm not sure if they're ever really interested in that. But it's it, it takes a long time to build sponsor base, patient base, physician base, and infrastructure at the same time. I'm close. I have PIs. Uh, I actually have some PIs in Chicago that are interested in talking to me. And that's where the technology can come in. As I said, sometimes it's really tricky on this level because you've got the specialist, you've got the talent, but you don't have the either the experience in research mm-hmm. or the interest in research. So now we really have to think about how we want to run this as a site. That's the hardest part is that ex- like the initial experience and getting the doctor to buy in you know it's the hardest thing you need to do is find your pi and unfortunately it's one of the first things you need to do because without that you can't get studies yet i mean there's no way you're applying for a study you might be in a unique situation because of crpn Mm -hmm. to where you know of the studies before you may have a doctor but most site owners you know, they don't own a site network as well or before beforehand. So you're uniquely positioned. I guess that's a good leverage for you when starting these conversations with doctors because the same the same chicken and the egg paradox happens when you have the discussions with the doctors. Well, if you're a new site, I don't want to talk to you about research until you bring me a study. Well, I can't bring you a study until I have a PI. So you're just mm-hmm. stuck in this limbo. And you could bypass that because of CRPN, which makes a lot of sense, actually, now that I'm kind of deconstructing your business model and some of the resources you have. 
That was well played. Well played, Dr. Fox. Yeah. And it, it's a cross-functional revenue stream. CRPN is already making some revenue, mm. which makes it easier for CRPN to be able to reinvest in a local site. Mm. That way I can, I can cross-collaborate. So even if the site doesn't have its, its sponsors yet, if we don't have trials yet, CRPN can build up the infrastructure to buy that e-reg or to buy that CTMS software. And the more offerings we have at Land of Lincoln, the more competitive we can become in our clinical trials. Are you similar to Brad in the sense of, you know what, let's find um, large health systems here and approach them because that large health system, most likely they're not doing research. They'll, they'll connect you with all the specialists you need. See me here in Yuma, the large health system does do research, but they only do oncology and emergency medicine, but they will not let you touch. They will not let their physicians that they bought the outpatient clinics work with anyone else. You know, they're very restrictive contracts, but if you can get in with them, you know, that's one school of thought like Brad, he's proven that that's a successful business model. You get in with one group, you're set for the rest of your life. And then you get my school of thought where, well, I'd rather work with the entrepreneurial PIs, mom mm -hmm. and pop. They're anti-establishment too. And they're more likely to be business partners with me than, you know, this large health system. Where on that spectrum are you? I think, well, it's, it's a little bit of both. I think given my position, it's possible I can get in with some of the bigger guys. It, it is possible. It's the doctors, some of the first ones I'm talking to, they're more of those entrepreneurs. One of them, very experienced uh, researcher for years in research, was actually let go by the same place that I resigned from. So we have something ah, in common. I see. So we have an opportunity to forge a really good relationship there. I think, again, CRPN puts me in a very different position because now it's not just me going up to these large institutions and saying, I'm an IRO. Would you like me to, you know, like to do research with me? It's, Hey, I'm an IRO and I'm also a part of a giant national network. I can have a continuous pipeline of trials. I have a sponsor network of people who can come in. I can be very productive. I can bring you trials that you don't have access to even in your, your pet research department that it's it's a very synergetic relationship synergistic have you ever been a coordinator mm -hmm. okay yep i, I was coordinator so. yep and then i i was a coordinator for a short spurt uh during postdoc and then once i did the coordination then i started being a monitor and i audited the military sites mm. interesting okay so you have uh, are you prepared to get back into the coordinating game. <laughs> yep. That was, that was part of the conversation with my wife is, you know, if you got to do this, you got to get back into coordination. You yep. got to do it, so man. I will, I will do whatever it takes to get these patients, their trials. It's, you know, it's a, it's a mission. It's worth it to do it right. Like, especially now with this shortage, I mean, you know, most people by now have heard of care access and kind of like, they kind of dropped the ball. I mean, the details are still emerging, but it's not so easy to just hire relatively new research coordinators or no experience at all coordinators and say, hey, you know, have at it. 
like patient comes in tomorrow at nine. <laughs> it's not that easy. Even when I trained my staff, like I thought I could get away, you know, my most senior coordinators nine months into it. I trained her for like three months one-on-one. -on -one. I noticed when I'm not there, it's just not as smooth. And then if I'm chronically not there, you know, it turns into like bad habits. And so I'm back now I'm back in the trenches and got to get in there. Yeah, man. I mean, there's a reason why the ACRPs and the soakers of the world don't even allow for certification for two years. Yeah. They, I mean, they, you, you really need to get in there, which by the way, it, I, it's been a long time since I've coordinated. I was actually thinking about asking you about CRC uh, joining CRC and I could CRC I could Academy. A, yeah. We got to yeah. talk to Monica. I'll go talk to Monica. There. I'll, get I'll get in there. there. That's, my <laughs> first investment is to dust it all off and to actually get a, get some formal training. You're very um, systematic. So you, you would do a good job. I'm very scattered, you know, like, well, I could focus when I need to, but you, you definitely have the makings of like a good coordinator, but either way, your future employees respect you more knowing that you've done it because i know some coordinators work for sites where their manager their direct reports they've never done their job there's like no respect and that's where the animosity comes in like oh you know why are you paying me this much you don't even know if i quit right now you wouldn't know how to do this mm -hmm. and that there's not gonna be none of that with you dr fox like you're gonna be in there in the trenches with them mm -hmm. yes i'm glad it's to there's that's something that's probably about that. That's one of the best places to ever be. We, we want to talk about being all patient centric, but seems like the way that our track record goes for this, you know, the career path, it seems like it just goes further and further away from the patients for the more money that you earn. Mm -hmm. And it's just that it should be the exact opposite. If we're going to be patient centric, that's the most honorable position to be in is that one where you're looking at the patient in the eyes and you're taking care of them. Man, helping them fix their e-pros when they break down or when they glitch on them. You know, the yeah, that's patient centricity. It's not these uh, investor pitch decks of what, what is patient centricity from people who have never took taken care of a patient in their life. Um, I just find that ironic, but somebody that's yeah. been in this space like you <clears throat> coordinating, monitoring, running large sites, uh, I think it's going to be interesting to follow your, your site land of Lincoln and mm -hmm. kind of see how you, um, and I know you have a podcast here. Are you mm -hmm. going to share some of your, some of your stories from land of Lincoln on there? Oh yeah. Yeah. I've, I've got a good, I've been linked doing LinkedIn for a little over a year now. So I've got some good content I can share on there. Only a but year. Only a it's, year. It's, it's, I started, well, I started CRPN March of uh, 2022. Wow. And you, you did yeah. come out of nowhere to me, man. Like as somebody that's been on LinkedIn since 06, 07, 08, you know, you came out of left field. Like I just saw you popping up on everyone's, everyone's, post that i respect like brad joe dustin there was this dr fox guy and i was like how do i not know this guy and then who is he and so I, that makes more sense though like you were just kind of behind the scenes you weren't really marketing yourself yet 
But yeah, I've been on LinkedIn for 10 years. I've, I've been on LinkedIn as a, I had a login for LinkedIn for 10 years, 50 followers maybe. And then I was just kind of looking around and then caught on to like note to file podcasts. And I mm. started catching on to clinical research. I think I'm just four. 1450 so 1450 followers now so gone up good a little bit you. in a year so we'll good see how that you. goes the the networking is the next thing like once mm-hmm. you start getting studies you'll see like other sites you know they're going to want to network with you and you're already doing that with crpn mm-hmm. so it's just such a cool the peck score let's just wrap this up with the peck score because no matter how many interviews i do with you we have to bring this thing up it's it's, first of all, it's so anti-establishment. Like, it takes an audacious guy, Daniel, to say, you know what? I'm a site owner. I'm going to start scoring the sponsors. I still laugh when I tell people, this guy gives them a score. <laughs> like, a lot. who yeah. are you, man? What, like, what gave you this idea? You just must have gotten so fed up. Mm-hmm. That you're like, you know what? I'm gonna start holding you by standards as well. I well, I mean, I'm a scientist, so scientists are all about the data. That's what started. But you're absolutely right. A year, two years into working in this industry, constantly seeing everything that you know is wrong happening all of the time as an industry standard, you just get fed up with it. It started out as an internal thing we need to be able to protect our site. So let's start collecting data. And then finally I realized, well, we can turn this into a metric. We can turn this into a reporting structure. Why not? Last mm. time we talked, PACT was a, an operation. It didn't, it wasn't fully fleshed out. Now PACT is fully live. Yeah. If you, you one of go... our oncologists got a, uh, my, my friend, Dr. Al, Al Jazirely, mm-hmm. I just put him in touch with you over the weekend. You're getting studies sent your mm-hmm. way and yeah. connecting doctors. Yeah. I, I, it's, I'm getting sponsors too. Sponsors mm-hmm. are saying, Hey, I kind of want to know what my PACT score is. How do sites think of me? Oh, <laughs> well, it's funny. You should ask that. Well, here's your PACT score. Promises, access, choice, and trust. Each of them has a number. Each of them has, you know, the way that <laughs> sites answer the questions is the way that it is. You're really good at promises, but you suck at access because you don't give sites any options. And this is what they say about you. They don't like the way that you do remittances. Every boom, boom, boom. So it's it's turning out very well. It's turning into almost like a transcelerate or like a, con, a consulting kind of an opportunity. For sites, where- yeah. Yep. Well, and there's there's a pack score for both now. There's a pack score for sites. Mm. I've got I've got sponsors rating sites now. What are they rating them on? Um, query how fit how fast they answer that's, queries. That's part of it. Yeah, the promises. If you say you're gonna answer a query within 48 hours, are you? Uh, do you throw a giant fit every time you don't get your way on a budget? How much can we trust you? Are you enroll? Are your are your feasibilities? anywhere near appropriate so i've got sponsors rating sites and i've got sites rating sponsors and i have a database for both which means that if you put that together you can theoretically line up the really good sponsors with the really good sites they'll be in utopia like uh 
who is John Galt? They'll go on an mm -hmm. island and do research together. Yeah. Wow. So wow. question, and I, I have some ratings on you actually. So if you knew that you were being measured by a sponsor for a, a, a straight up measurable accountability, fully transparent, it's not like that black boxed CRO database of sites mm -hmm. that nobody ever shares. Mm -hmm. It can be accessed. Would that motivate you to, I mean, Yuma, to perform Yuma at its best possible rate, knowing that you are constantly being accounted for? Of course. Certain things like responding to queries. Um, yeah. I mean, what else? Like feasibility would be one. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, budget negotiations. Budget negotiation. I let Chris yep. handle that, but yeah. Yep. Response um, time. Response time, we're good. Mm -hmm. If anything, we're weak on answering queries, mm -hmm. um, mainly because I have new staff and I'm telling them the import. I'm telling I am telling them the importance of entering the data. Answering mm -hmm. queries is more of a challenge, honestly, and one of the reasons why yeah. I'm there more often on a day to day basis. Um, but absolutely, it would motivate us more. Yeah. It's supposed to motivate us, anyways, because. The CROs are supposed to share that stuff amongst themselves, but with all the mergers and mm -hmm. consolidations, it's unclear whether that data will continue yeah. to be shared. Like now that Thermo Fisher owns PPD, right? Yep. Are they sharing anymore? I mean, I don't think they're talking about it publicly. Who knows? Yeah. 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 And then how would you like to go up to a sponsor and say, hey, you know, we have one of the top rated PAC scores in the industry. What do you think yeah. that's going to do for the sponsor? And be like, well, you know, you must know your stuff. If people are rating you in a good way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's it's very beneficial to the sites who do good work to have this like this accountable metric. It's just like your credit score. If you go buy a car or something, hey, I got a great credit score, got a good rate. It's the same exact thing. Makes uh, sense. So if you yeah, if you've got the sponsors and the sites doing that, it's turning out to be very, very good. Everyone's happy because mm -hmm. you've got something to look at. That's not the problem. You've got something that's the solution, a bar that you can raise all the time. So. Well, this is, yeah, every time I talk to you, it's like such a cool, cool concept that it's not just a concept. I mean, it's a business now that is self-sustainable. So it shows that the market thinks it's cool too. It's more important mm -hmm. than whether I think it's cool. The market yeah. thinks it's cool. Yeah. I I am. I'm enjoying it. I, you know, you talk to some people and they'll say, you know, I, I'll be honest with you. you make a score. If you hold someone to a metric, they'll just run you out of town. I've gotten that threat, mm. but I've gotten far more people say, thank you. It's about damn time. You know, why, why wasn't this done before? I really appreciate it for the transparency, for the opportunity to show that I'm something good to show that I'm working with someone who's going to be good. It's turning into a very good success story. That's awesome. Everybody go follow, go connect with Dr. Fox right now. What a good person to be connected to. And he's always posting insightful things on LinkedIn, post comments. Uh, his inboxes are full of people reaching out, asking him questions. And he's somebody that you're going to see a lot more of on this show. So thank you so much, Dr. Fox, for coming on and I wish you good luck with Land of Lincoln and um, hope to get an update from you soon. Yeah. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. We'll talk soon. And I really appreciate the opportunity to talk.
Thank you, everybody. Like, subscribe, comment, share. Go follow Dr. Fox right now. Take care. Take care.